As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of The Athletic Podcast Network. You should go to theathletic.com slash down to duck and get the athletic for $3.99 a month. It's a great deal. What's not a great deal is that my guy Alex Spears is not on the pod with us today because he is having surgery on his broken wrist. Prayers up for my guy Al. Hopefully he gets well soon. Until then, I do have a special guest for today's podcast. It is Sam Vicini. We are going to talk about draft prospects, mostly guys in the top five. I asked him about the highest upside player outside of the top five. If the Thunder were to fall outside, who should they target? We also get some really good Poku talk. Oh boy, some juicy Poku talk in here. Uh, Just a little warning. We recorded this before the Celtics Thunder game. The complete debacle that was the Celtics Thunder game, in which the Thunder won. They snapped their losing streak. They will not hold the longest losing streak in Thunder history. They will have tied it, though. And it was hilarious. Lou Dort afterwards was asked. I think Joe Masato was the one that asked him about whether he knew about it. And he was like, oh, yeah. He said that he told Shea that they were not going to lose today, and they did not. Lou was spectacular. 24 points on 14 shots. He got to the free throw line a ton in this game. Baisley was unbelievable. About 40 seconds left. The window was like just cracked open there for for the Celtics to pull out a miracle, and Baisley just drove in transition. Just monster dunk. He finished with 21 points, 10 boards, 4 assists. He was spectacular in this game. Poku had some moments. He was nice. Uh, Isaiah Roby had some nice moments. Fee was okay. Ty Jerome, I thought, played really well in this game. So, there it goes, guys. There goes the losing streak. And uh, honestly, an outcome that really... I think both fan bases were pretty upset about afterwards because I think that both fan bases understand the goals of both franchises and still a top five pick is the goal. And because that's the goal, I did have Sam Vecini on. 
the conversation goes about 25 minutes, and he's one of the smartest draft guys out there. So enjoy the conversation between Sam and I, and uh, we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. I've got NBA draft guru from The Athletic, Sam Vecini. Sam, what's up? Andrew, how you doing, man? Man, I cannot complain. It's uh, We only have a few <laughs> weeks left of watching this particular Thunder team. And then we have the NBA draft to look forward to. And that's, uh, that's why I brought you on. I want you to first explain to Thunder fans why it's so important for OKC to land in the top five. Right now, they, they sit at f- the fifth best odds uh, in the NBA lottery. But why is it so important for them to land in the top five in the actual NBA draft? Well... I'll be honest, I'm not real worried about them landing in the top five, because as <laughs> you know, uh, having watched this team over the course of the last, what, let's, I mean, they probably haven't won in three weeks now, right? They haven't won Seems in the month way. of April. Yes. They, they haven't have, won in the month of April. Okay, yeah. There we go. I was going to say, um, feels, feels like it's been a while at yeah. the very least. <laughs> um, and like, not even just losing, just getting the doors blown off of the most mm-hmm. nights at this point. Yep. Um, yeah. The top five is really important because this is a draft where there are five guys that I feel very confident in projecting as being um, tier one or like higher end tier two players. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, I would say at least four players in this class that I would take over Anthony Edwards, who went number one last year. Interesting. Um, who are those four? So for me, those four are Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Green. Okay. I haven't done like a final run through on Jonathan Kaminga yet. Um, I'm actually planning on doing that today. Funny okay. enough, mm-hmm. where like I really you know run through like ten of his games and you know dive deep into everything that he did this year in the G league. Um, I, I would say there's a chance I feel that way about Jonathan Kamingo where I would take him over Evan or uh, ahead of Anthony Edwards, but I, I'm not quite sure yet. His season it, in the G league wasn't quite as good as what I was hoping it would be. Yeah. Is it, is it the shooting or is there something else with Kaminga that makes you hesitate? Yeah. Shooting defensive engagement. Um, wasn't quite as impactful on defense as what I was hoping. Uh, does play hard. So like, I kind of think that that stuff will kind of work itself out a little bit. Um, I actually think the shooting mechanics are pretty okay too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like also not quite the power athlete that Anthony Edwards is mm-hmm. either. Like Anthony Edwards like displaces dudes in the mm-hmm. NBA even, let alone um, at lower levels like the G League and in college. Yep. Um, I don't really, certainly not right now. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga can't really displace guys like that. Maybe mm-hmm. he could at some point because he's getting bigger, getting stronger, getting more physical kind of every day. But um, yeah, it'll be close. But I mean, that that's the kind of level that we're talking about with these five prospects. And then the drop off from those guys. I mean, like I, I just did, you know, Scotty Barnes's NBA draft guide profile. Uh, yesterday Mm -hmm. and I had Scotty Barnes at number six on my most recent big board. Yep. And I mean, I still think there's a case for him at number six, but like very clearly a tier three player, Hmm. Um, you know, very real non-shooter at the moment. 
a guy that kind of struggles to uh, really get any sort of offense in the half court. And as we've seen over the years with non-shooters who can really pass the ball, but just like can't score for themselves, it can become a little bit difficult for those guys uh, at the next level. And it can become difficult on offenses at the next level. Like I think Oklahoma city's genuinely the perfect landing spot for Scotty Barnes. I I would love nothing more than to see that, Mm -hmm. but at the same token, there is like a real drop off. I think from Jonathan Kaminga to a Scotty Barnes. Hmm. So staying with the top five for just one more question. Let's say OKC lucks out. They get the number two pick. They miss out on Kate Cunningham, who is number one for most everybody. That's like a no-brainer pick. Who would you take? If you're Sam Presti, who do you take to fit alongside this SGA, Lou Dort, Poku group? Yeah, it's a really fun question, I think. Uh, It would come down to Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green for me. Okay. Um, I really like the idea of playing Poku as like a weird center player. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I know that he's skinny. I know that, you know, you're probably going to get demolished on the glass with Poku at center. <laughs> yep. I think they're going to have to figure out a way to navigate that. Like maybe they end up with the Houston pick at number six and can take a Scotty Barnes or someone like that to play mm-hmm. next to him. Um, but yeah, it would come down to one of the guards for me. I mean, right now, Right now, I would lean Jalen Suggs because I would like to have the passing and playmaking out there with Shea and Dort. Mm-hmm. I think that would actually be a really good fit. I also would want the better defender out there with Shea. Mm. And I think that Suggs has a bit more of a well-rounded, versatile game than what Jalen Green does. Having said that, like that decision would not be finalized for me by any stretch. I would really need to like put a substantial amount of thought into it as opposed to like answering a, answering a question in a minute of a podcast. Right. Like it'd be um, like really like Jalen Green's explosive scoring ability next mm-hmm. to someone like Shay. I mean, it would be, it would be so fun. It would be yeah. so filthy. And Dort would kind of be really perfect for them, especially if the shooting is real. Because yep. um, both of those guys are real pull-up threats. Both those guys can play on and off the ball. Um, they do have their defensive struggles, obviously. And Dort would maybe be able to kind of, um, you know, make up for those a little bit. But um, I don't know. I might be talking myself into green. It, it'd be yeah. one of the two. I mean, gun to my head right now. I think I would take Jalen Suggs, but it, it'd be really close. Yeah. That's that's kind of the beauty of the Thunder roster currently is that you can fit really any of these five guys onto the team mm-hmm. and you're not you're not like, oh my gosh, I don't know how this is gonna work. Like it'll work however however you need it to. That's how malleable yeah. most of the guys are, which is really nice. Uh okay, next question. And depending on how much time you have, this may be our last question. No, we're good. Whatever you okay. need. Okay. If if there is a swing for the fences guy in the 6 to 12 range, who is it? Mm-hmm. Because that's what the Thunder do. Like they swung yeah. for the fences with Darius Baisley a couple years ago. They did it with Poku last season. They're inevitably going to do it with whoever is in this draft at whatever pick they have. That's just what they're going to do is swing for the fences. So who who yeah. would that guy be? Yeah, 
I mean, look, to me, like Scotty Barnes is a pretty real swing for the fences. Okay. Uh, just super hyper fun player, like not an elite level athlete, but a high level athlete, Re- more of like an extension athlete as opposed to like a vertical pop athlete, like a long mm-hmm. jumper versus a high jumper. Right. Okay. Really high level defender, very switchable. Um, really high level passer that I think would fit as a high, as like a elite level role player next Mm -hmm. to a lot of like scoring guards, especially if you were to end up with both the thunder pick and like the Houston pick at number six. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing again, is just like, he's a total non-scorer and you'd have to work with the lack of scoring. But the, the other thing that he brings, he's just like so infectious and fun. Um, one of the most like expressive, passionate prospects that I can remember evaluating. Yeah. Um, I, I really just love watching him play. Uh, there, there are real concerns and I am genuinely worried about the lack of scoring, but if they could do something with his shooting and scoring ability, I, I would be a fan of that. I would also point out Kai Jones as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think Kai Jones has like some pretty substantial, I don't want to say overlap with Poku because Poku's like outking running pick and rolls (laughs) and like (laughs) is like downshifting and then like, you know, throwing these like crazy crossovers. Uh, I mean, that guy. He's been a wing. I mean, he's been a wing for the Thunder. No, like unquestionably. No, totally. He's like a three for that, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, you could make a case, I think, for Kai Jones. Kai Jones is like uh, 6'11", real shot blocking potential, very high level athlete and, and mm. very high level athlete in terms of the way that it functionally presents itself on the court as mm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, moves his feet laterally really well on the perimeter has a lot of work to do in terms of like technique in terms of um, the way that he reads the game, but he also didn't start playing basketball really until he was like 16 years old in the Bahamas. Hmm. And then it just like rapidly happened for him. Hmm. So yeah, I would say Kai Jones is probably the next guy uh, that would like kind of stand out as a real like project player. Uh, You know, like Keon Johnson stands out as well. Uh, Sure. Very, very high level athlete, like elite, elite athlete, um, really good lateral quickness, really good uh, vertical pop, obviously, um, plays at a very high level in terms of energy and in terms of motor, uh, which I feel like are things that this Oklahoma City front office has tended to value throughout mm-hmm. the course of the years. Um, yeah, it, Again, though, another guy that like needs to figure out how to score the basketball consistently because he's basically a non-shooter right now. Yep. So, I mean, if, if Oklahoma City feels like they can work with these non-shooters, which they have in the past, uh, how mm-hmm. much of that is uh, the Troy Weaver influence versus what Sam Presti is looking for? I think we're still trying to figure that out a little bit yep. um, with how Oklahoma City is going to draft. Uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting, but they're, they're going to have a fascinating draft this year. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah. Another guy, Josh Giddy, it feels like a new age Thunder player who's like multi-positional, good passer, don't exactly know what he is, but the Thunder almost prefer that you don't know what he is. That's kind of the the players that they have on their team. Like, is Shea a point guard? Yeah, probably. But is he really? I don't know. You know, what what is Poku? Who knows? Like, what is Baisley? I don't know. I mean, they're just kind of guys out there on the floor. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I just went and saw Josh play over here in Australia on Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm probably one of like 10 people in the American basketball industry that have seen Josh this year yeah. at this point and play live. Give um, me your quick take on him. I like him a lot as like a secondary playmaker. I think his feel for the game is off the charts as a mm-hmm. passer. Um, needs to kind of work on defensively like getting in a stance it's not that he doesn't want to defend it's that he's 18 years old and is still learning how to play professional basketball right like sure um this is hard right he's dropped Mm -hmm. a triple double on i think it was monday or tuesday um i think it was monday here um we almost dropped a triple double in the game that i saw um working through the jump shot but everything that I saw, like I saw him, you know, from five feet away. And Mm. I think the mechanics look pretty clean uh, in terms of continuing to work through the jump shots projection. The the big uh, actually plays through contact really well too. That was one concern that teams had about him coming into the year because he was really skinny. He's put on a lot of weight, has put on a lot of strength. Um, Everyone I've talked to over here and in NBA front offices has told me very professional approach, very, uh, you know, driven mindset in terms of wanting wanting to be like a high level player um all that stuff checks out really well the the question is he has this weird intersection of not being a lightning quick athlete and Mm -hmm. still really needing to improve his handle Mm -hmm. like you can like lou dort right now would stop him from doing anything on a basketball court in the nba Mm -hmm. because dort would just like climb up into his airspace 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think that Josh would handle that all that well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, like Josh would not be the primary player that the Thunder would put on Lou Dort. So, yep. or, or would use Lou Dort to put on, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there, there's give and take, obviously. Um, but if he can tighten up the handle, if he can continue to iron out the jump shot, which I think he will, he profiles really nicely as I think a secondary, like second side playmaker. Um, who's going to always make the right decision, who's going to be a really, really good role player. Yeah, he kind of feels like, like I said, a new age Thunder player to me. And also like international, like the Thunder have so many international players right now that it wouldn't surprise me if he was one of the guys on the Thunder's list. Well, and and the Thunder really like these guys that have an intersection of high basketball IQ and like crazy work ethic, right? Mm -hmm. Like Poku, everyone says like really high level worker. Um, Lou Dort, there were like some questions about basketball IQ, but Mm -hmm. like nobody works harder than that guy. Um, you know, Shea, crazy worker, super high basketball IQ, just in terms of the way that he navigates like his limbs and his body and uses Mm -hmm. his length extension. Um, Baisley was always known as a pretty good worker. Um, and if you go back and watch the AAU stuff, you can see some feel for the game stuff, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think he was just kind of a wild card in a lot yeah. of ways oh without a doubt still is in a um, lot of ways yeah no really is uh what a fascinating player i don't really know <laughs> what to do with him right now yeah um, I, don't, I don't either i watched i've watched every minute that he's played this year and i'm still like i don't know i don't know what he's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> um but no yeah like it feels like it within this recent uh teo maladon as well kind of fits yeah. this Super mm-hmm. professional approach, very yep. clearly has like high level feel for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think that Giddy does fit a lot of the um, feel for the game and like professional mindset stuff that <clears throat> the Thunder have looked for in the past. So by no means would surprise me if they ended up, um, you know, say the Houston. Well, the Houston pick is not going to fall below like seven or eight, right? Um, I don't know that. I mean, Josh would be on the board for them, I think. Yeah, he's more of like a trade-up candidate where maybe that Miami pick coupled with something else could get them up in like the Josh Giddy range. Uh, Okay, we'll end with this. Give me your Poku take. Like, (laughs) What are your thoughts on him from the draft to now? And then obviously you, you guys did that redraft of the 2020 redraft. You had written that you said that you would have taken him as high as four, depending on who was there. Um, Just what are your thoughts on him and maybe what his ceiling could be? I I honestly can't put a ceiling on that guy. Um, (laughs) That, that, I mean, that could like really work to the point where he's like clear all-star because there, there's just like flashes where I don't know that I've seen a seven footer outside of like, Kevin Durant do I know like, I know and as somebody that covers the thunder it's it's like I can't say that like I can't talk about Kevin Durant and he, with he's Poku. Like, no, like it's just wild like he's nowhere near as good as Kevin Durant like no, it's just like exactly remotely close exactly like, that's yeah at the same token it, it's the for me at least when I watch him it's the way that he decelerates plays yep. with patience changes gears like 
he plays at a pace that is all his own Mm -hmm. and has the type of body control that seven footers just don't have like Mm -hmm. like Nikola Jokic has it but like it's not like you play Jokic is like a three where he's running pick and roll like you mostly you know enter the ball to Jokic in the high post or like at the top of the key and then like maybe someone sets a ball screen but for the most part he's just going to kind of like get the guy um into the spot that he wants him and kind of open up the court or he's going to grab and go like in transition and kind of start the offense that way like with Mm -hmm. poku like you're running like side ball screens and like Mm -hmm. look the flashes only happen like you know four or five times a game right right yeah the rest of the time it's like he's almost unplayable right now (laughs) he had this move last night where he drives the lane ball fake sidestep dumps it off to Moses Brown for a wide open dunk. And it's like, how in the world did he do that? Next play. It's the passing drives, too. Next, yes. The passing is outrageous. Next play drives the lane, shoots a, a floater that misses literally four feet from the rim. And you're yeah. like, it's just such a grab bag of just plays from him. It's so weird. The passing thing is like crazy. Like he'll, th- <laughs> yeah. he'll like get a baseline drive do like a Euro step around someone and then throw like a wrap around from the baseline up to the opposite wing. (laughs) And you're just like, what just happened? He throws passes. I didn't know existed. Like he does things I didn't know could be done. (laughs) And it's just like, who is this? Like what what is going on? Um, Look, part of this is like the way that I've started thinking about the draft is like a little bit different than how I used to, um, Mm -hmm. in the top five, like if I can get a guy, like I want a guy who can just be a star at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. Those are the guys that genuinely move the needle Mm -hmm. in the NBA genuinely like change the trajectory of franchises. Yep. And look, there is probably a, 65% 65% chance that Poku is like not even an effect. Like he might only be an effective NBA player mm-hmm. right at the end of the day. I think he probably is because his game has translated to the point where he has been able to play at his own pace. He has been able to showcase some of the things that he does and a lot of his mistakes are born out of aggression that you can kind of tamp down at some point mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if it doesn't work. But right now, if you're the Thunder and you're losing by double-digit points in every game in April, it feels like, you want him to really, you know, to quote Christopher Walken, explore the studio space, right? Yeah, exactly. Like you, you want him to, you know, look dumb and mm-hmm. do things that are, expanding his game in some way Mm -hmm. um in learning where his boundaries are as a player yeah i think that it i think the way they're handling it is perfect and i think he's going to be helped by it but like to go back to that like you know maybe there's like a still like a 30 percent chance that he's like not an nba player that's like super effective and like helps you win games maybe there's like a 45% chance he's just some role player who like, or like, you know, 
low level starter who figures it out. I mean, I think his chance at being a super high level star is higher than anyone else in this draft class other than LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards. Hmm. Because there's just consistently those flashes that are different than anyone else. That are yeah. they're just like we can talk about like Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Halliburton has had an awesome rookie year. Been great. Yep. He's been phenomenal. He doesn't do half that like Poku does. <laughs> like yeah. if there if you were making a five minute highlight video of Poku and Tyrese Halliburton combined, four minutes and fifteen seconds of it would be Poku. Yeah. <laughs> and then 45 seconds of it would be Tyrese doing shit, yeah. which like that's no disrespect to Tyrese. He plays a really solid game mm-hmm. and that's like a huge part of his benefit mm-hmm. and a huge part of who he is as a player. But um, yeah, with Poku, it's just different. He's a he's a tough evaluation, but I, I, I love watching like I've probably I'm at the point now what he's probably played. Oh, 700 minutes this year, something like that. Yeah, almost 900 minutes for Poku. 900, so I've probably watched, you know, 650 of them already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's be in like the reason that I watched the Thunder at this point is not like Shea, even though Shea's been out like for a mm-hmm. while, right? Um, mm-hmm. and miss miss time. It's not like Lou Dort, it's not Baisley, it's that guy mm-hmm. because. That guy is like a genuine question mark in the NBA that could like alter the way that like a franchise makes decisions Mm -hmm. like Tyrese Halliburton, like all due respect who I love. I think he's awesome. I think he's legit going to be like a top 50 player in the NBA at some point. Like, I I don't think he's going to alter the way that Sacramento makes decisions about their future. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a world where, Poku like legitimately alters the way that that team has to make decisions. And it's, yeah. it's a low level outcome, like in sure. terms of percentages, we should feel much better about Tyrese Halliburton in terms of like expected value becoming maybe not even expected value about the probability that Tyrese Halliburton is going to become an effective role player. Right. Yeah. He's already doing it. I mean, he did it last night against the Mavs. Like, right. He played really well against the Mavs and led them to a win. And Poku and, hasn't really led the Thunder to anything yet, except for right. just me wanting to watch their games. That's like the only reason. No, totally. Tune in. And Tyrese Halliburton's going to make $150 million in his career. And he's going to yeah. be like phenomenal. And I genuinely mean zero disrespect when I talk about Tyrese Halliburton like that. Yeah. But Poku like is just a different, different dude. Like yeah, totally. he's what we he's what we talked about earlier. Like he's a swing for the fences. Like if you connect, yeah, like you've got you've like really got something, and you've already got something with Shea that's like definable. Where you're like, okay, I can the path to being an all star for Shea's there, and if he takes it, Shea, it it's not going to be that difficult of a role to get him. Shea's there. already an all star. Like I know he didn't make the team, but like he's mm-hmm. like he's that guy. Like yeah. if he didn't he didn't make the team, he was number thirteen in the West. You know sure. what I mean? like mm-hmm. or 15 whatever mm-hmm. um like he's a clear top 30 player in the league i think so yeah yeah shay's ridiculous like i'm not worried about where he's going mm-hmm. yeah uh sam we really appreciate your time here on our show we uh 
follow all your stuff already. We read all of your stuff already on The <laughs> Athletic. If you're not, you should be. Go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk. You can get it for $3.99 a month. You just, go, you just go even look at his big board. If you want to become educated on where these guys um, should be placed in your brain, just go check it out. Uh, Sam always, I mean, Sam writes basically a, a, a book or several books a year on the <laughs> NBA draft that goes on The Athletic, uh, and it will make you a smarter fan. So please go do that. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys again on Friday. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.